Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here you have the opportunity to get out the greatness that is in each of you. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 9th of November. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. But you two always bring the greatness, don't you? So Thank you very much, Kate. Yeah, nice you bring the cakeness. Oh. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, you don't need Arsene Wenger inspiring you at this time of day. I think I think, I think this def- Jim, certainly, I won't speak on behalf of Jim, but I'm sure he feels the same. We could all, at least, it would be a bonus. It would. I'd assume that was a Jake Humphrey quote. Yeah. But there you go. <laughs> and Arsene Wenger famously said, there is no need to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so mate, we yeah, I really feel like I communed with him at the weekend, but perhaps we'll get on to that later. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. He's a great guy, isn't he, he Jim? Is. He is. There's a big um, painting or photo of um, Arsene Wenger at the entrance to London Colony, isn't there? And all the there players is. give they him a high five. five it as they go yeah. in. The fact that that's been, yeah, but the fact that that's been talked about makes me a bit suspicious. Well, you reckon of it. they said, seeded that out there? Yeah. Well, it was in an it was on uh, it was in an Amy Lawrence interview, wasn't it? In right. the Athletic, they're on about high fiving it. I don't know. It sounds a bit like that's something that people would say. It's very Sevilla Ballesteros at the Ryder Cup. Write in mm. if you're an Arsenal do player. People, do people write in? Show at footballramble.com, yeah. yes. I, I feel like... But you constantly have Arsenal players writing in. Type in. Yeah, <laughs> type in if you're an Arsenal player. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to refute Three or minutes this. in, Kate's already said write in if you're an Arsenal player. Yeah. Are you going to be disappointed this week, Kate? <laughs> It's a football show. Might as well aim high. We can't even get the fucking listeners to type in. <laughs> the fucking players. <laughs> and 
it should be type in. I think we should be very yeah, clear on that. I agree. That's not what. No, it's a. Is it not? Um, well, I suppose you still write the email, right? It's a legitimate anachronism. Yeah, of. and and I suppose so. But but you know, like another one of those would be, and this is going to be one for the visual people who are watching the social mm. media video. But I'll describe it as best I can. When you ask for the bill in a restaurant. It's a yeah, exactly. It's a universal sign. You do mm. a writing. Feels it should rude, be though, that now. It? it should be this. Chip. Type, type, type on the chip and or pin. Even or even just not tap. Be contactless. Yeah. yeah, tap. Just tap it with your I phone. I want to do the tap. But then but, that looks very odd. Then you look like a Tory MP <laughs> making a point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, sorry, Kate, carry on. Yeah, it's all right. We need to talk about Eddie Howe, who actually, I think, kind of looks a bit like a Tory MP, come to think of it. A, he, sort of a young, very well, handsome one. Based on a, just a picture, I can see what you're saying. I think he not, would carry not, himself very well in a restaurant, mm. Eddie Howe. Impeccable manners is my assessment. As a sommelier or something. Yeah. Oh, or, or, or even or, a diner. <laughs> None of your Bullingdon Club nonsense from here. Yeah. No, I, th- I think Eddie Howe would be... A, well, listen, you do, do, the, do the intro bit. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thanks, that's works, isn't it? <laughs> do the intro. I talk for five minutes, we all go home. Thanks, Luke. Mm. Uh, yes, Eddie, Eddie Howe has been confirmed as Newcastle boss just under a month after the takeover. So people thought that things were maybe taking a bit longer, but actually maybe this was the strategy all along. Get into international break, have a wee think about it, appoint Eddie Howe. Everyone on the internet with the flags and stuff is happy. Mm. Yeah. Are they? People happy? Has it been well received? <sighs> I don't know because it's hard to tell just from Twitter. Jim, isn't it? Do you think people have worked? But the, I feel like the flurry of like, yeah, the flurry of those stupid tweets, it, maybe they're all bought anyway, yeah. is just like, oh, yes, we trust you. I, I, th- I, th- look, him. I, I think that I can see why that's the case. He seems like a very nice man. I think mm-hmm. if you were, if, if, if you know, if in, in some kind of fictional universe where I was a, a 60 year old man and my daughter brought home Eddie, Eddie Howe, Howe yeah. or my son. I'd be very, very happy with that. Although you might not. Sorry to cut in, Luke, but based on what I read and hear about his meticulousness, he oh, sounds a bit like... detail heavy. Oh, my yeah. days. First of all, that. And second of all, she'd never see him. True. Yeah, he's married Not to like job. Arteta, who in the similar article was like, the first thing I do is kiss my wife and make sure to, to be around for the family. That's but, standard, though, isn't it? Whereas yeah. Eddie Howe it's is like... It's the bare minimum, isn't it? Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, you say that. It's yeah. football. True. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's interesting how... Um, They've appointed Eddie Howe because I guess some people might think, well, if they're this now currently, you know, the well-publicized richest club in the world, why have they gone for Eddie Howe? Is there something going on there? But I think my take would be that this is a process. You're yeah. not going to, I mean, Man City didn't get Pep Guardiola straight away. They, they hired some illustrious managers, nonetheless, arguably more illustrious than Eddie Howe. Well, they didn't get quite to the end game, the Avengers end game straight away. So with Eddie Howe, he's, he's, his stock has always been fairly high. I know that his um, his most recent um, his most recent foray has been to, to suffer a relegation, but ultimately, what he was able to do at Bournemouth was incredible. And all the reports you'll hear about him are hardworking, meticulous. You know, doesn't ask people to do anything he's not prepared to do himself. Very detail orientated, workaholic, all the rest of it. And mm. and, and obviously, clearly a nice man. And also a good motivator, which they clearly badly need. And mm. and that's interesting, Jim, that you bring that up because. His most recent activity has been relegated with Bournemouth, but before that, he was he has been in relegation scraps with Bournemouth in the Premier League and and survived. Yeah, them. so yeah, it was they were docked seventeen points in that season when he they managed to finish. Not like, in the Premier League. Sorry. Yeah. When he first started in League Two, that was they, they oh. nearly ceased existing as a club yeah. potentially. I mean, given the yeah. stuff he had to deal with at Bournemouth from day one yeah. was is, is incredible, of course. But that, 
he's he's operated within a quite a rarefied environment where the whole club has been built around him yeah. because he's been there from the start and he's built the whole thing in his own image. Now, I know they've had different owners and they've had more money injected, but whenever they've improved their resources or their facilities, it's arguably already been always been done with him in mind. So you're raising the Burnley spectre. I, I think you have to, I think it's in, in, in a weird way, I don't know what you think, Jim. In a weird way, it feels a bit cheap to do that, but actually it's all part of the story and you have to acknowledge it. When he's been taken out of that environment, he didn't succeed. Now, I know there are different reasons for that that have been given as, as you know mitigation, and clearly that was quite a while ago now, and so maybe he, he could argue that he's learned from it. It depends which side of the fence you fall down on. But that is nevertheless one side of the story. So I think you have to say, on one hand, incredible what he was able to achieve. Actually, maybe even unprecedented in modern football in this country, but whenever he's been taken out of that environment, he's found it tough and he's going into a very difficult situation. He is, but it, it so much of it depends on the infrastructure at the club, doesn't it? Now, it looks, when you look at, this has been a bit of a debacle, really, hasn't it? Getting to how, because it looked like Fonseca was going to take over. Although it he seems like to think he's going to take over all clubs, doesn't he? he yeah, he's, maybe. He's <laughs> almost exactly the same chat about, yeah. I thought I was going to be in charge at Spurs. But I also thought I was going to be in charge at Newcastle. Essentially, they conducted their searches in a very, very public way that wasn't necessarily that respectful towards sitting managers and the jobs yeah. they already have, which I think probably comes from a little bit of naivety of the fact that they don't really yet have that many, you know, air quotes, football people in place. So on the one hand, you can look at the Burnley situation with Eddie Howe, but also, and I bear the risk of repeating myself here, but as I said last week, it is a project building situation, which is what he had at Bournemouth as well. So actually, there are, there are also parallels in a more positive light. But I feel like so much depends on, there's talk of Michael Emanalo coming in and if that happens, that's massive Brilliant. because they do need to get people who understand all this stuff that you can't just that you can't just extrapolate from being in the office for a month. You know, you need people yeah. that know the industry and know how it works, know the relationships yeah. and know what's appropriate and what's not. But I feel like if this takeover hadn't happened and Steve Bruce had been sacked in like a normal way and then they got Eddie Howe in, everyone would be like, bloody hell, that's a great appointment. But until January, until they can spend any money, that playing field's the same. You yeah. know what I mean? That That's exactly the same in this situation as it would have been in that situation. It's a, really so it's a huge positive. Yeah, and it seems like the right kind of guy in terms of... Yeah, he's dealing, as we keep saying, with the relegation scrap, isn't he? I'm pretty excited, to be honest, to see him back in management. January's massive. January is massive. Because £200 million, pounds, supposedly. And Yeah, because of the way that they, ha- they haven't really exploited what they could, uh, they're able to spend for financial fire play because of fairly obvious reasons relating to the previous ownership. So January's huge, not just for the money they want to spend, though, Kate, but also because you have to look at what who, who is going to be entrusted to take the club forward off the pitch. Mm. So. Eddie Howe was very, very well involved in most, I think maybe if not all of Bournemouth's signings and the, and the record he had was, you know, depending on what you want to take from that evidence, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know, they, mm. they were able to bring in good players who went on to do great things. Um, and they were, you know, he also signed Jordan Ibe, who didn't do anything. And yeah. Dominic Solanke, who didn't, didn't really do anything under his tenure, although he's found some form now. So the, 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 the key thing when a new ownership and a new structure comes into a club the size of Newcastle is, when it comes to signings, you've got to get more right than you get wrong. Jim's absolutely spot on to say that between now and January, nothing changes. Can he inject them with some confidence? Can he stop them conceding goals? Can he get them firing? Can he pick up points? Because they haven't won a game, you know, really. So there's a lot to do straight away. Um, I think it will be absolutely fascinating to see him link up with Ryan Fraser again. That yeah, should yeah. be filmed and put out on Sky. Look, we're paying our money to Sky Sports for this kind of stuff. Yeah. We should get that. That's the kind of stuff you should get. Absolutely. If Sky Sports are listening now, 
The first meeting between Eddie Howe and Ryan Fraser, I'll pay an extra tenner for right now. And I'm, there's millions of people who do the same. Oh, hey guys. Tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, also linked with uh, Aaron Ramsey, by the way. I mean, linked with everybody. Yeah. That was a classic one. I went rootling around to see like, oh, all right, Aaron Ramsey going to sign a Newcastle. And it was like an article in the Daily Mail linking to one that reported in the mirror linking yeah. to Tuesday Sport. By the time I got to the end, I couldn't bloody read the language. Yeah. So I was just like... It, it, obviously, yeah. everyone is going to be linked to them now, aren't they? But they've got, yes, to be, they've got to be really careful with how they do that. Because if you... I know it's a very, very different situation, but I think back to when Chelsea first got... Like, when Abramovich first came in, I think they signed Joe Cole, Damien Duff, Jeremy, and then Crespo, and probably one or two others. But I remember those all seeming to arrive at once. And I yeah. think you are looking... You're looking more at the Jeremy and Damien Duff though end at this point. Do you know what I mean? Because like, there's talk of Philippe Coutinho, who would certainly improve them, but also really just isn't what they need. We, is we, they... That's why January is the key point because you we don't know what type of ownership they're going to be. Yeah. Now we assume automatically they're going to be this kind of sports washing, like redux of of PSG and and Man City, mm. but they might not be. There's a lot of really wealthy people out there who own football clubs who, to, to the point where money isn't really a problem for them, whatever it, form it takes, that don't actually spend that much money. Well, it might actually be a better sports washing angle well, maybe. to appoint someone like Eddie Howe and then to build up the club with strategy and, and empathy and all those other things. But does it also not smack to you, though, Kate, on that front, though? On the football side, are they not thinking, OK, if we get relegated here... Eddie might not might not be too bad. He's got experience of the championship. Yeah. You don't you, you think don't, they're planning to well, get relegated. I, I just don't think well, it's you, got to be taken into account. You right? don't you don't hire in Unai Emery because you think you're gonna get relegated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's well, what I'm saying. So, so well, that's like what they wanted to do. He turned them down, isn't it? Isn't it's a built-in contingency. Exactly. So yeah, well, it seems like a smart move based on smart thinking. To no, be honest, that's so, not what we want. That, sorry, I want this to be an absolute <laughs> circus. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> right, football's already a circus. Where have you been? <laughs> well, if they do get relegated, do you think that people would take uh, the same approach that was taken in Brazil's top flight this weekend? It's a clumsy segue, but I don't care. <laughs> I want to talk about the coffins. So Grêmio have been in uh, some difficult straits. They are. And their fierce local rivals are Internacional. And they held up Internacional, beat them and held up coffins to represent the fact that they, Gremio, are in the relegation zone. Yeah. And also it's worth pointing so out. It took me a little while to understand this. This isn't fans. This is the players. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just unfathomable. And obviously that led to a massive brawl. brawl. <laughs> Two players got sent off. And I honestly think not unreasonably Can in I that just situation. Say, I didn't even need you to, to say there was a brawl. I just assumed <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, South America. A 22, be a, brawl. a 22 man brawl. So the idea I think was that they'd gone off. They started to go off because you've got to get hold of the coffin somehow. A bit yeah. like the, um, was it the Michael Antonio celebration with yeah. the dirty dancing? Although nowhere near as good. The coffins are just like bits well, of cardboard quite. box. Very 2D. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the coffins that the players had were at least shaped like coffins. Probably and there was knocked some them up the, at half time. There were some in the stands. I guess people also bought into this. Get into it. Just looked like bits of A4. No, they, were, like, they were selling them on the uh, club website. <laughs> you could just buy them. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> but actually, based on this entire thing, I could believe it, yeah. Do you know what the dictionary definition of brawl is? Go on. I was wondering yesterday. Oh, is it number of people? No, it's not, sadly. Ah. I thought it would be. Apparently, it just means to fight in a noisy way particularly in a public place. Hmm. So I presume they were being noisy, so it would be a brawl. It's certainly in a public place yeah. to an extent. So That's interesting. I really thought it would be a, a numerical uh, analysis. Like, you know, like it's no. not a serial killing unless it's... Four, I think. It was in a month. Three, I can't remember. Yeah. And it has, and you can't just do them, you can't do two at once. No, it's you separate have to do incidents. I think it's four incidents. within a month. 
or longer than a month or something like that. Right. It's definitely okay. a definition. I assumed it would be three. Anyway, write in, obviously. <laughs> Sharapurpleramble.com. Yeah. Um, Type in. And, 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 and you think that like Premier League football is mad, which it is, right? And you then just t- cast your eyes across to South America. Yeah. And even Got the most nothing. basic stuff. In a way, it's a bit like when they played football in like the seventies. Yeah, you know, even their worst player, you got the impression, would be better and more skillful than England's most skillful. Player. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this with like quote banter. Yes, their, their level of it is so much higher that I don't think they like, they probably are quite dismissive of what mm. we can achieve over here. Mikel Antonio doing that, we thought it was amazing for them. That is like chicken feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, like- that huge Uruguayan derby, uh, Peñarol and. Um- What's the, what's the other one? Nacional. Nacional, yeah. yeah. There was a fire in the stands yeah. in one of those and the referee didn't stop the game because that would have been too dangerous. Well, yeah. That was more dangerous than fire. In the Premier League, have you ever seen players actually like, physically chase a referee? <laughs> that happens all the time in South America. The referee has to run down the tunnel sometimes. The article about this I read, they said it was a 22-man brawl, which suggests to me that the coaching staff and the subs and stuff were being Stay quite restrained. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon they could have subbed off a fighter and brought another fighter on? <laughs> like a taxi wrestling. By the time you're a coach, it's yeah. like, look, we we'll just let the players yeah. do this. But yeah. if Newcastle do, I mean, your link. I mean, we have to we have to observe Kate's link. Yes. Um, if Newcastle do get relegated, can you see Sunderland doing this? I suppose they wouldn't be playing each other, so you'd have to. They'd have to buy tickets yeah. to the game, it, which it might would, kind of defeat the point. It would also a bit. be a bit rich, wouldn't it? Sunderland doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, someone else might be keen to get in on the action is Jose Mourinho, of course. he uh, His Roma side lost again after leading 2-1. This time, guys, 3-2 defeat to Venezia, the world's most elegant football club, as yeah. it turns out. Um, Paolo Zanetti, the Venezia boss, said before the game, we have to work on ourselves. Um, Jose Mourinho said after the game, it's 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 the fault of the referees. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's burning through the hits early here, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, and I think actually I'm not totally sure about this, but I'm pretty sure Venezia were in the relegation zone before this before this mm. win as well. So he's not. Um, it's not a good result. Their not, stadium looks it's, amazing. It's though. not a good it's result. Tiny but, and open air. But Venezia, yeah. my God, I walked past an advert for a high end fashion brand, uh, Bottega Veneta. I want to okay. say I okay. don't know if they. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But anyway, they've got Raheem Sterling advertising them at the moment. Nice. And I walked past it, and because of all those like amazingly elegant shots that Venezia have for their. Yeah. For their shirts, I honestly was like, "Wow, Venezia advertising in like you know, London in the we- in the West End of London, mad stuff." Anyway, yeah, friends of mine went to Venice and came back disappointed that there weren't any water parks. Yeah, which is an astonishing thought process. It's one big water park, though, isn't it? Apparently not. And are you friends with them still? Yeah, yeah. A water park like for kids, essentially, or adults. I mean, it's but like, there weren't it's... any Roman flumes, essentially. On, was, on one level, they are letting themselves down there because you've got all the materials you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought the Romans maybe could have, would have come up with some kind of ancient type of yeah, thing that or, still, or, or, still why not fake it? Yeah, true. And 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 the thing I like most about this with Jose Mourinho is that you know a lot of managers will say, you know, you must make a friend of both victory and defeat. You know, you can't get too high at the victories, yeah. you can't get too low with the defeats. And then you watch Jose Mourinho, who's a very well decorated manager, and they lose to you know Boda Glimt or whatever, and it's a bad result, fair mm. enough. But it's away from home, you know, and these things happen. And he's just going. I'm paraphrasing it, but he's just going, oh, half the team are absolute shit. All my players, they can't even play. They're fucking rubbish. And it's like, you, and you think, how is that going to work? That's not going to work yeah. for the team. You know, even if the even if the owners back you, they might give you three or four new players. They're not going to let you sign 11 new players. It's not going to happen. So he doesn't seem to really operate in a universe where he cares about what anyone else is doing. He can't be bothered with the siege mentality thing now, can he? No. No. He's, no, he's, he's under siege himself. Personal. It's just him. Yeah. It's just him. 
before yeah. we go to the break, I'd just like to point out that Ketil Knutsen is being linked with the Norwich City job. He's the Bodo Glimt boss. Oh, really? Who I, who I tipped for the Manchester United job in a few months' Nor- time. Norwich and Man United, similar, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like the geezer on Twitter it's, yesterday. You said the next step. The ge- Cardiff? The, the geezer on Twitter. It's just the next step. He said to, and yesterday to us in the round, but he said, oh, yeah, you talk about West Ham for the title. If you, if you look over the last 35 games, yeah, we're right in the conversation. And... Sh- the screenshot of the table, and there were eighteen points below Man City. Don't settle your t- <laughs> don't settle your Twitter spats on this podcast, Luke. Moore. It's not, it wasn't my spat. It wasn't don't my spat. Don't settle it. I we, don't have them. We can carry on this debate together ourselves outside. Okay. All right. In fact, we'll do it now. That means she's going to punch me. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Frank Elboff. You're listening to the Football Ramble. Oh, thanks, Frank. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Me, Luke and Jim with you today. Time to get to some emails. And I should probably state that I will never again punch Luke Moore. Jim. Hi. A listener's been in touch. Hi, Jim. He says, I'd like to join Roy Keane in grabbing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer by the throat and telling him to bench Fred, but not because I care about United, Man United. It's simply that as someone named Fred, this has been a very difficult time to be a football fan. <laughs> I turn on the Manchester derby and the commentators are criticising Fred on increasingly personal terms. I turn on the football ramble and Vertushin is saying, Fred is like a Labrador puppy. Bad Fred. Bad Fred. I'm personally triggered and it needs to stop. Fred out. Yours truly, Fred. Initially, I thought he was saying Fred out like a sort of mic drop thing there. Yeah. Fred, Fredo, Fred out, Fred out. Fred, oh, in, yeah, like I'm Fred with you. Out. Yeah. Sorry, Fred. I am Fred, and I am now out. I think if we open this can of worms, we can't criticise players because they've got the same name as some of our listeners. We might not have much to say. <laughs> yeah, can Fred just call himself Freddy? Yeah, yeah. I guess he could do. He I, don't, could change I, don't know, his name. I don't know that he should have to sh- change his name because of Fred. Fred won't be there forever. Well, maybe he will. Actually, the way things are going, I, I, I don't actually think. I mean, this is probably controversial to say. I, I do also kind of feel a bit sorry for Fred. The, um, the player, yeah. not the listener. I don't know the listener. <laughs> he seems like he's got nothing to worry about. He's got things yeah. like this to complain about. Um, and some might say the reason we don't get many people emailing is because I slag them off all the time. Um, to which I think maybe they should be better at emailing. And it's their You've fault, got to work, You're trying to build them up. You're trying to boost them, aren't you? You're, you're searching for proficiency. You're searching. You're trying to make people search for that perfect email over Mourinho time. Mourinho was good. Exactly. I feel, I feel you're the, the Mourinho of the ramble. The general Mourinho. consensus is that when you speak to your listeners, you give them the carrot. And I'm just saying sometimes you have to give them the stick. You know, you've always got And then you need to the ask time. them whether it's Pete or his dog eating it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Um, Callum's also been in touch. Thank you to Fred for emailing, we should say. Mm. Callum's also been in touch. (laughs) He says, uh, regarding seeing footballers in the wild, I'm a manager of a Holland and Barrett in Bournemouth. And who would walk in today but Callum Wilson, Mm. who then spent £90 on vitamins. I thought maybe he still got a home down here and decided to visit it during the international break. But hours later, it was announced that Eddie Howe was going to once again be his manager. Did he get confused and come down to see Eddie, only for Eddie to be up in Newcastle signing his contract? That's raise some questions. What he doesn't mention is the fact that all you have to buy is one pot of vitamins in Holland and Barrett. It's about 90, 90, 90 quid. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. price points are very high. He's, very high. he's seen him in the wild, claims to be a manager of a Holland and Barrett. Is he like a sort of wandering, like, shaman? Like selling his wares in the wild. Oh, like in the wild west. <laughs> this, this implies this didn't happen in a shop. I also don't think that Callum Wilson should be buying his own stuff. Why not? Because well, so the email the is from be... Callum. Is this? Is uh, it Callum Wilson? The club should be looking after him. The club yeah. should be saying this is what you need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I bought one you there, get some footballs. Do you know what I mean? No, you're the football club. Maybe that's why he keeps getting injured. Yeah. It's a confusing email yeah. section. Well, they, they are, come on, they're taking over a very... A very rusty regime, shall we say. It's this just, does make sense. It's just the most confusing email section we've ever done. No. A Fred be. complaining about Fred and the Callum talking about Callum this in Holland and so Barrett. Mm. Yeah. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now, Jim, we've put her off long enough. 
But we're going to talk about Arsenal's yeah. progress. We were there, weren't we, on Sunday? We were Sunday? there. I watched them progress the ball. Yeah, you were very well behaved. Thank, actually. I uh, thought you were going to be really annoying, but you thank weren't. Thank you. He sent me a message. Uh, Not because we... of the Arsenal thing, just because generally that's your behaviour. <laughs> it's just your personality type, mate. Yeah, I just wanted to go watch some fucking football yeah. on a Sunday. I don't have to answer myself. And you saw myself, some, didn't you? And I also think my, my new theory is that everybody should be made to go and watch the rival. Uh, yeah, yeah the rival idea. stadium and have like a... Hopefully a nice day. Yeah. I was almost kind of, because Arsenal fans are such terrible losers, don't write in, yeah. um, that I was actually quite pleased that you won, to be yeah. honest, because it was a nicer like experience around the ground, although what a fucking scandal that you did win. I, I, it wasn't so obvious in the stadium, was it, that that was massively a foul by oh. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, but... Well, he was lying down on the ground for yeah. ages, but then there was... I just assumed it was foul play because yeah. I had my biased hat on because it was in the ground. It, it is, happens, doesn't it? It is funny. Yeah, it is really funny being the kind of like... Sitting back, watching you watch a game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but the other thing was they were upset, Claudio Ranieri, because uh, they put the ball out and yeah. Arsenal just did a I quick honestly, throw into school. I honestly don't care about that. No. I want us to be a bit nastier. I yeah, want us and, to be dicks. And, and yeah, so if, if we're going to talk about Arsenal's progress more generally, this question might kick us off with, when you were at the game, did it seem a little bit antsy because Arsenal didn't score till quite late on? Actually... Because if it didn't, then that might be a nice barometer yeah, of how much it, they're, they're moving I on. I mean, we have privately been keeping tabs on how long it takes for the first, like, ugh, around the yeah. stadium. And, mm. like, it was 13 minutes in one case, 18 minutes, unless I didn't notice it. I don't feel like it happened. Right. And we that did tells get a report story. for 25 minutes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I don't feel the atmosphere was as, as, as tense as it can be if Arsenal were struggling to score. Like, I mean, they really, I was impressed by them digging out a win there, even though the controvert, even though the circumstances actually matter. That quite lucky because Aubameyang's you know like a brilliant save from Ben Foster for the penalty but you 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 want Aubameyang to score a penalty Odegaard should have had a, what would have been a really <clears> lovely goal if Aubameyang hadn't like just forgotten about offsides like so there is a they they had to like work through a bit of a silly performance and that's a that's a game they wouldn't have got three points from last season and I do accept that it was quite fortuitous that they that they did but still yeah I think it's fine I think it from, my, from my perspective yeah as I, as I said to you at the time it just the only thing I counter that with is it just didn't feel like Watford were that likely to score for no. much of the game. So I don't know if I don't know if necessarily this is the one to gauge uh, the progress from. But the point about Arsenal's progress, you know, they're up to fifth. It's Mikel Arteta's 100th game in charge. So this is a good point to take stock. You know, uh, 10 games unbeaten in all competitions. Now, OK, it's not the most illustrious run of games. It's You know, it started with with Norwich. It featured beating Tottenham 3-1, you know, easy stuff. But still, <laughs> Brussels brave boys in the League Cup, that was 3-1 as yeah. well. Um, but there was good win- you know, there were good wins there. It's good to be... Sit- mm. and, the, and the point about Arteta seems to be, after 100 games, is the whole question, this whole trust the process thing. Well, mm. it almost seems like there is mm. a hint of that. And talking about this, he, he's obsessed with unity, isn't he? And you'd have to be after what Arsenal have been through over the last few years. Yeah. It seems like he's starting to kind of garrison Southgate this well, place. Well, I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's got his own squad a lot more, isn't he? The, the age profile of, the, of the, the squad is... I mean, if you look at Arsenal's first team now compared to how it was last season, it's, it's quite dramatically different. Pretty yes. much the whole defence is is different, certainly from, from when he took over. And the players <laughs> are sorry, younger, they can all pull you... in the right... Was sitting next to Jim, but was basically the whole way through the Arsenal game was just him going, I just really love Emil Smith Rowe. I, <laughs> I just really love him. Like every three to four minutes, I would say. He's Le- quite a likable player. <laughs> Legs like Popeye's arms. Yeah. Really enjoyable. Yeah. Because yeah, really I do. But yeah, the test comes with the next game, really, because Liverpool Anfield, that's tough. 
very, you know, not unreasonable to lose that, even though Arsenal are actually only two points behind them and 20 goals, um, yeah, but which I, is mad. Yeah, but, but, but Jim, I, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, you know, the, the, a, real, a real litmus test will be the Liverpool game because I know it seems like a maybe a counterintuitive thing to say because they haven't lost a game at home this season, Liverpool, but they feel a bit gettable at home. Yeah. They've been pegged back. They've drawn three of their five games at home. They've not been like properly fluent at home on every occasion um, at Anfield. They, yeah. in, in many ways, I know they lost to West Ham, but in many ways, they kind of look more efficient away from home. Mm. And it will be a real measure of where Arsenal at, are at because Arteta's doing a fine job now. The, the terrible start of the season, they kind of seem to have ironed out those kinks and obviously they haven't lost since. But we only see, it's slightly different if you're a passionate fan of, of Arsenal like you are, Jim, but general football fans who don't support Arsenal will mostly just see the games. The job that Arteta had to take care of when he came in was probably, what, 50% of the games? And yeah, 50% yeah. the whole culture Absolutely. and the whole club. And that takes time. And I do think in this occasion, and, and this is completely different, by the way, to say a Solskjaer situation where you don't really see anything improving that much. Arteta's certainly earned the right now um, to to be able to kick on. And I was surprised to hear that it had been 100 games. It doesn't seem anywhere no, near that many, it? but it's clearly gone by super fast. And, and, and now they're in some kind of you know, decent form. What I was going to say about the Liverpool game, though, is if if they do lose that, which, you know, isn't a, you know unfathomable you know scenario, is it? It's how you then bounce back from it. And if you then get straight back to winning and try to go onto another unbeaten run, like mm. you've got to start taking some scalps like that if you actually want a proper tilt at the top four, which has to be the aim. I think it's still that's going to be very difficult. Whoever finishes fourth this year is going to have done a hell of a job because it's so competitive. It's up for grabs, though, isn't it? The four, three, the top three, would take care of themselves probably. Mm-hmm. Force up for grabs, and you've got different clubs making claims. West, I thought the guys were spot on yesterday talking about West Ham. I think it's been way over the top what's been said about West Ham. It's November. Yeah. I think the guys were right to point that out yesterday, but they're making a claim. Spurs have got a brand new manager who's world class. They're obviously going to be making a claim based on that. Arsenal have greatly improved. They're making a claim. You can't really write off Leicester, although people seem to have already, but I don't think you can because of what they've done in the past. So it's a real interesting battle, that. And I think you're right. Whoever, whoever gets there would have earned it, for sure. But I don't think Arsenal should um, be uh, frightened of targeting it. Absolutely not. No, it's got, to be the, it's got to be the aim. Absolutely. Did you feel comforted by Josh Kroenke's interview on Sky where he said the club is not for sale, we're just getting started, we have a young mm. manager, we have a young squad and we're charting our path to the future, Jim? Yeah, he made all the right noises, but actually the fact While he, looking that, like an Avengers super Absolutely. But what the PRO he's That's got a, not on yeah. him, is it? Well, he, he's chosen look, to have that beard mm. and, and style it in an oil so it goes to a point. People can be funny about their beards. I agree. Um, you're looking at one. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could grow a proper one, but I can't. But yeah, it's to be honest, it's rare that you ever heard from the Cronkers. Exactly. So it's interesting that we're starting to hear Silent from Silent Stan. Yeah, quite, because yeah. it had got it had got very toxic. To be honest, I don't he didn't really say anything that made me think, oh, I think we've turned a corner here and like what he did say was that the, you know, you the resources you invest, you've got to invest very very cleverly and very very wisely and essentially made the right noises about looking for younger players in a different age profile. That's the only way Arsenal concede and sorry, can compete. can compete in yeah. this there's loads of ways Arsenal concede. Um, <laughs> Like, Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's the only way they can realistically compete in this in this market with the circumstances of the finances they have. So he's making all the right noises, but you know, let's see what they are up to. Yeah. Your, your boy's been called up to the England squad as he well has. after Marcus Rashford's withdrawal. Yeah, 
Mason Mount's return to, in the, now. to the squad has been re- delayed by dental surgery, apparently. Yeah. Right. I don't know, that's, that's, a, that's a championship manager one, that, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I can remember the championship manager one, 97, 98, I think it was, when sometimes you just get dropped with the bomb that um, your player had a broken spine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? Oh. <laughs> What's he doing? Just terrible. Get him in on loan. <laughs> yeah. Kim Kalstrom style. Yeah. Also talking, there's been a lot of talkers from the Arsenal way recently. Um, Arsene Wenger's been talking about um, he said that he should have left the club in 2007 yeah. when David Dean was on the left the board sorry and he also said Highbury was my soul the Emirates was my soul it's psychologically Ooh. so interesting that isn't it because I think obviously what happened to Arsene Wenger in terms of the, the years and years that the people of the club that you know once loved him and obviously so many people still love him and will always love him but it was that in- incredibly like vocal Wenger out brigade and that went on for years. And like, however much you can compartmentalise these things, there is simply no way that doesn't affect you. Mm. And it's like it's taken him a bit of time to go, oh, actually, rabbit, that was man. horrible. Yeah. That was horrible. And now on reflection, yeah. I really horrible. hated that. It is horrible. But the reason I'm laughing is because sometimes you hear people say, do you know what? I probably played a year too long. Do you know what I mean? I probably went on a bit, bit too long, maybe a year a season too too far. Gary Neville said it. 11 years, Arsene Yeah. Me. 11 years too long. I mean, I'm not even funny. That's quite a long it's, time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, he, but he wrapped his whole identity in with the club, didn't he? The relationship went on a bit too long. How long? 11 years. 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere, at the start of a beautiful relationship, hopefully, um, Spurs delivered no shots on target for their new boss, <laughs> Antonio Conte. Uh, Is that like it, a tradition now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Up at Giddison Park against Everton. (laughs) Nil-nil the final score there. Everyone everyone seemed to enjoy that game, particularly a particularly vocal fan. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, He really didn't, he wasn't impressed by the performance of the referee. He was abusing him. He's going, Stuart Atwell, what game are you watching? Not this one. You're a cheat, Atwell. Which, by the way, I find pretty pretty offensive. I think Not... that's the one thing you shouldn't say about a referee. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. fucking right. But luckily enough, it wasn't actually Stuart Atwell refereeing this game. <laughs> it was Chris Kavanagh. Sometimes the universe provides. Yeah. Sometimes you haven't got to say to that guy, your behaviour is appalling and you shouldn't be saying that <laughs> yeah. because the universe has decided that he's got the ref wrong and he'll have to he'll have to wear that now. And people are like, are you so the guy? Loud. Are you the ref guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I've, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like if I walked down the street and someone shouted at me, Marcus Speller, you're a prick. I'd be like... <laughs> I'll be fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, there there was um, another, because Goodison Park is notorious for this, right? Howard Webb, when I interviewed him, said, it's the hardest place to referee. The crowd is so close to you because the stadium's so old. They're so intense. And so I think this kind of stuff does happen a fair bit because there was um, an Everton fan who was shouting at Martin Atkinson a while back saying that he couldn't referee a game of tiddlywinks. And the reason I remember that is because I enjoyed the reference. Mm. But it's funny because football seeks the people who broadcast and run football seek to control absolutely every aspect of it and there's certain things they can't control yes and yeah. I was listening to West Ham Liverpool on the radio uh, at the weekend because I was driving back from somewhere and all the way through the second half there's this bloke who's right next to the commentary position just going irons like every five minutes and you could help you could hear the commentators get really pissed off but they couldn't do anything about it because the guy who's probably had a couple of beers isn't going to say do you know what i won't support my team for the rest yeah. of the game because it's annoying you Absolutely. so it's great when this kind of stuff happens i always imagine tiddlywinks to be quite a technical refereeing gig to be honest i'm surprised detail orientated yeah yeah 
But what's there, what is there to referee? Because you're just flicking a, a counter from another counter into I, a pot. I am. Well, we're not pros, aren't we? We're not. That's so British, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Tiddlywinks. We are a ridiculous people. How are we going to relieve the boredom? That's the best idea you've got. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Before we go, the second episode of our brand new show, Up Front, devoted to all things women's football, is out today on Football Ramble Presents. Flo Lloyd Hughes, Chloe Morgan and Rachel O'Sullivan are discussing Brighton's remarkable season under Hope Powell and the interesting situation where Arsenal's fan board made up of entirely male people have been ruling on women's football development at the club. Check that all out on Football Ramble Presents. All right, gang, time to get out of here. Thank you very much for having us, Kate. And being the great people that we can be. No, wait, what is it? This is another one from Arsene. I commit to improve myself and the team. I think that's nice. It is. Why didn't he do it that much? (laughs) He he did it it a lot more than people think. Yeah. Football Ramble, one for the neutrals. Say goodbye. (laughs) Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim. Bye. On tomorrow's show, it's Jules, Pete and Andy. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.